Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is Where's the yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 49. And joining me for this episode, I once again have another very special guest. I have Shay of the Pardon My Snark podcast. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hello, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about uh, Trash TV. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Um, I've been listening to your podcast since it came out, basically. Um, so do you want to give a little bit, just for the people who might be interested, because I think we probably have a little bit of crossover, um, some details on what your podcast is all about? Uh, sure, yeah. So my podcast is, uh, unfortunately, about... <laughs> Caroline Calloway, um, <laughs> who is a Instagram influencer. And so, yeah, I just, I basically the premise of the podcast is me gossiping to my boyfriend who has no idea who she is. And I'm just telling him all about the very interesting things that she does on Instagram and online. And I love that because I've been following her for the past few months, I think ever since like September, late August, early September, when everything was going down. Um, and I found out about her from another podcast, actually. So it's just like spreading the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> and I bother my husband all the time trying to like talk about her and gossip and stuff. And now to the point where like I'm not allowed to and I'm only allowed to if we're driving to Shake Shack, which is about like a half hour away. Oh. So we have that half hour drive time where I'm allowed to like catch him up on everything and then I can't say anything until we're like going back. <laughs> I love it. See, that was kind of my premise of like, you know, starting the podcast is I had so many people messaging me because like I originally started an Instagram about her and I had so many people messaging me basically telling me the same thing. Like I, I'm trying to like get my significant other to listen to me gossip because I need to like let all of these feelings out. And I was like, oh, this is a great, this is a great idea to like force my boyfriend to listen to me gossip about her. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it's just sometimes you need someone to talk to. And if you're not in one of those internet snark groups one way or another, what are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because I feel like we are a little bit of like soul sisters, um, uh -huh. just based on <laughs> the things that you've said on your podcast. So I'm really excited to snark with you on this week's episode, which is all about Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So I actually, um, I normally listen to true crime podcasts only. Like I, it's hard for me to even listen to my own podcast, but I did listen to your <laughs> podcast. And I was pleasantly surprised at how snarky you are. And I was like, oh, we're, we're totally going to get along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could tell that we, we were going to be friends based on the, the opinions that we have on certain things. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed um, some of my commentary. Yeah, I listened. I especially liked your, your one on the Sister Wives because that is – truly my guilty pleasure and it was really interesting <laughs> to hear someone talk about it who really is not 
into it as into it as I am. So that was really fun to listen to. Oh, I love doing episodes like that where I have a guest who's super into something and I like have no experience with it. So if there's ever another show that you really love or if you ever want to do like another Sister Wives episode in the future, I know I just like barely scratch the surface of all of the craziness that goes on in that family. So oh, yeah, there's, just let me know. Yeah, for sure. There's so much. I'm not even caught up on like the last season. So yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here comes Honey Boo Boo. What is your background with this show? So I originally started watching this sh- uh, this show with one of my ex-boyfriends. Um, it was the only, like, quote-unquote trash TV he would watch with me. So we were watching it as it was airing. Like, it was still in, like, the first or second season. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just loved watching it, like, loved the ridiculousness of it the sometimes very cringy moments but also you know uh, there were some really sweet moments here and there too Mm -hmm. so that was I I I never watched toddlers and tiaras I know that that's you'll probably get to that but that's kind of where um Alana comes from honey boo boo um Mm -hmm. but I never watched that Uh, I didn't really have any idea who she was uh until we started watching the show and I was kind of for a long time it was like my secret guilty pleasure I was like oh I'm not gonna tell him that I watched this show and then whenever I did tell him he was like oh my gosh I love that show and I was like yes (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny yeah I have the same kind of um feelings about it that I was it was very shameful that I was so into it (laughs) Because I watched it, it was when I, uh, it started airing when I was in college, and I had watched Toddlers and Tiaras, like, a little bit just as it was on, and I remember watching the Honey Boo Boo episode and just being like, oh my gosh, these people are wild. (laughs) And then I remember hearing that they were getting a spinoff specifically, and I was just like, the world is going to hell, America's going down the drain. Um, but I just couldn't help but watch it because it was so fascinating and such a train wreck and I really genuinely enjoyed it. And then I remember just kind of like, I was like, I have to just lean into it and kind of defend myself and say that I know how bad it is, but that I like it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like it's one of those, you know, it, it, it keeps you coming back because it is so cringy sometimes, but then there's also those really like heartfelt, sweet moments that you're just like, aww. But then yeah. you're just like, yeah. It's wholesome. Yeah, but then you also don't want to tell anyone that you watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely watched the first season. I think probably some of the second season. I watched all of the first season probably like multiple times just from the reruns and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think I fell off a little bit as it continued to air. Did you stay watching it? I think there were like four seasons that aired in total. I didn't. I think I only probably ended up watching consistently like, the first and second episode oh, episodes, seasons um mm-hmm. and also I think that for a while it was on some sort of platform I don't know if it was Netflix or something um because I remember like re-watching them like you know playing them and, and like just kind of having them on as background noise but yeah I didn't really get into the last couple of seasons before all of that stuff happened yeah, and we'll definitely get to all of the um, drama that goes on with that. Yeah, so the first but and second I, season the same. Are, are where I watch the most. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So we're, we have, like, kind of the same background then. Yeah. 
Okay, so to go into the show's background a little bit, obviously, like we mentioned, it is a spinoff of Toddlers and Tiaras, so it aired on TLC from August 2012 to August 2014, which is a little bit surprising. I didn't realize that it was only for two years because I feel like so much happened culturally with this family in, like, American media within those two years. I was looking, okay, so I was looking at the same thing. Um, I just pulled up, you know, like, the Wikipedia of, here comes Honey Boo Boo. And I, I was shocked too. I was like, I had no idea it was like that short. It felt like so much longer. Yeah, it really did. And I think it was also just because it came at a time when there was what I kind of refer to as a redneck renaissance in the media. And there were all of these other shows like Here Comes Honey Boo Boo and Duck Dynasty. And even a little bit, not so much rednecks, but sort of the other kind of similar socioeconomic sort of classes. Like I'm thinking like Jersey Shore, where it was just like, it just became the thing to watch on reality TV where like these quote unquote trashy people um, doing these things, this sort of like subcultures just became like a really big thing. So I feel like because it was so huge in the media overall, it just seemed like it went on for so much longer. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, at the time that I was watching Honey Boo Boo, I remember I was watching it kind of like what you're saying, all of these other shows that were kind of like, there was one that was centered around like, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a trailer park that like the whole entire TV series was like, this trailer park and all of the drama that goes on like with all these families that are living together so yeah it was definitely Mm -hmm. I like what you said like a a redneck renaissance (laughs) (laughs) um so the show featured Alana Honey Boo Boo Thompson um from Toddlers and Tiaras and the rest of her family they all had nicknames that some of them were referred to consistently and some of them were not um so Mama June obviously was the matriarch of the family there was Jessica, or sorry, Anna Chickadee Shannon, um, Jessica Chubb Shannon, Lauren Pumpkin Shannon, and then Alana's dad, Mike Sugar Bear Thompson. Yes, and who, so who is your favorite in the show? I've really always loved Pumpkin. Same, I love Pumpkin so much. <laughs> She just always has, like, something interesting to say, and she's just so cute, and I I always like Chubbs and Pumpkin, but, like, there's something, like, re-watching the few episodes that I did to prepare for this, I just felt, always found myself drawn towards Pumpkin in the scenes. Yeah, Pumpkin not only, like, cracked me up consistently, like, she's, she's hilarious without trying to be, but she's mm-hmm. also, you know, there's something about it that's just, like, you just kind of love her, you know? Yeah, she really is super lovable. Um, So the second season of the show, I don't know if you saw this episode. I think this was towards the end of the season when I kind of stopped watching, but it featured the uh, infamous commitment ceremony slash fake wedding um, featuring June and Sugar Bear where she was wearing the notorious camouflage wedding dress. Yes, I I remember that. I'm pretty sure we, like had if I'm remembering correctly like a little viewing party for that (laughs) oh my god I love that it was important (laughs) I remember I was watching around the time or not watching I was working in a CVS and so I always saw like the in touch magazines and like okay and all these other just trash tabloids and I always remember like June and Sugar Bear were always on the cover in like her horrible wedding dress (laughs) Um, And then it was always, like, the teen moms, like, Leah, Messer, like, all the other teen moms and their horrible wedding dresses on the covers. Yeah. Yeah, that dress was, that whole, that whole episode, it was like, wow, 
Wow. <laughs> there's just, uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. I didn't watch it, but I went back actually, I think like last year and I watched some clips of it and it was worse than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. They didn't, you would think that the production values would be higher for it being aired on TLC. Oh, I don't, I can't even remember details, but I remember just the entire time I was like, wow, this is, this is bad. <laughs> well, just the fact that they were like outside in a tent, it looked like it was really hot, yeah. like in the middle of the Georgia summer. Oh, even the episode that we're, you know, that we're talking about today that I could just like feel the heat you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's kind of funny because I was about to say, like, it's a very sensory experience watching this show <laughs> to the point where even for the second season premiered, TLC distributed watch and sniff cards so that they would, like, as you watched along, viewers could release scents corresponding with specific scenes. Yeah, I read that. I read that, too. I I, I don't even know what to say to <laughs> Do you do you have any recollection of this happening? Because no. I remember them advertising the watch and sniff cards. Really? Oh, I do. I, I they have like a Facebook memory that pops up every year. That's me just saying like Honey Boo Boo premiere with watch and sniff cards. Yeah, I don't. I I don't remember the specifically the scratch and sniff, but I did read that, and I. <laughs> I. That's just that just kind of shows like how special that show was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like what other show, what other reality TV show could ever have a watch and sniff card <laughs> along with it that you would kind of just accept as something to go along with? Yeah, that? it's normal. People are just like, yeah, that that makes total sense. <laughs> Um, so the show was very controversial. There was a lot of um, just controversy and criticism saying that it was exploitative. And I didn't, I mean, I I could see their criticisms for, had some merit at the time, obviously, but it was really going back and rewatching it now that I realized just how exploitative it really was. It kind of took me a minute to realize. Yeah, um, I mean, it's definitely one of those shows that, you feel a little uncomfortable watching because, mm -hmm. you know, essentially the reason why they have a show is because like people are kind of like making fun of them, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I don't know if that's what you meant, if that's what you were specifically referring to, but yeah, it's definitely kind of, it, it's, a, it's a brand new experience to go back now years later and watch it. Yeah, I'm just thinking about how I was so struck by when they were doing the little like talking head interviews, how they would leave in all of the sneezing and they would like the coughing and if they're, you know, the flies buzzing around, they would really like intensify the sounds of like the bugs and them swatting at the bugs. So it just looked like they were dirty rednecks, you the know? The dogs everywhere. They're just like mm -hmm. walking along these train tracks. And yeah, I, I definitely like noticed all of that. And I was like, wow, they're just it's it's it kind of goes into that what we we're talking about like it's a very sensory experience almost watching that because they do leave all of that in and they put you know all of these little extra things in mm -hmm. but it's not like it's not really treated with care like if you're watching a hoarders or an intervention they're still kind of trying to show like this is the reality of the situation but for this, it's just, like, played for laughs. Yeah. It's just like, oh, look at these dumb hick people. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Like, they definitely, in a lot of ways, and, like, I haven't 
done a deep dive into all of the episodes recently, you know, I'm just going off Mm -hmm. of uh, what I did watch for this podcast, but then also my memories from watching it. Um, They definitely do kind of play that up, I think. Mm -hmm, For sure. But then the other side of the coin of it being, you know, criticized for being exploitative is that it was praised for being surprisingly wholesome, specifically for its treatment of the LGBTQ characters, um, namely Uncle Poodle, who we get to meet in the episode that we're recapping. Yeah, and uh, I I personally love that. Like, the way that they handle that whole thing um, and their family just in general is seems to be a family that's just like very accepting uh and and just you know they love their their family no matter what their sexual orientation is you know Mm -hmm. yeah and I appreciate that I mean no matter what their sexual orientation is no matter what they look like they're just like loving and accepting of one another um so that is really nice like that's kind of what you need to be able to get through an episode of honey boo boo is like if there wasn't that like bit of just like wholesomeness and family values then it would just be like too awful to really watch I think yeah yeah for sure no all of that like kind of saves the show and makes it 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 makes it part of what brings you back into it you know Mm -hmm, definitely Um, So the show was a cultural moment, like we said. It had a lot of parodies. It was parodied on South Park. There was a pretty um, uh, significant college humor parody called Precious Plum that you can see online. Really? Um, It it was referenced in Scary Movie 5. And then my personal favorite, Eureka O'Hara, the drag queen, performed as Alana during Snatch Game in Season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race. What? (laughs) If you haven't seen it, you need to look it up. Oh, my gosh. I'm totally going to look that up. So that's really fun. So yeah, it was just this big thing culturally. Everyone knew the reference to Honey Boo Boo. If you if you said that like phrase, everyone who would know who you were talking about. Yeah. So it was just like a really big thing in the early 20 teens. Yeah, for sure. But all good things must come to an end. And the show ended like actually not dissimilarly to another TLC show that ended with a sex scandal, and I'm speaking of the Duggars, um, but it was canceled because there were reports that surfaced that Mama June was dating a man convicted of child molestation. Yeah, I distinctly remember whenever that happened because, you know, no matter how redneck these people are, how kind of ridiculous they are, there's a part of me that has a soft spot for them because mm-hmm. I am from Texas. I, you know, I, I, I have rednecks like in my family, like we taught, we make jokes about it all the time. And I really enjoyed the family aspect of that show. And, you know, kind of how like beautiful the relationships could be sometimes. And whenever I heard about that, I was just like, I was so sad because it felt like really almost, it, I just felt it very deeply. Like I was, I was very disappointed to hear that. And it made me really, really sad for, you know, all of those girls that mm-hmm. were, you know, didn't have a choice in the matter. You know, that was their mm-hmm. mom. They didn't, they didn't have a choice in who she dated. And that just made me really upset. 
Yeah, I definitely, um, I can relate to that as well. Just being from South Carolina and having, always feeling like the constant need to defend yourself against the redneck stereotype in general. (laughs) So it's great when there's someone like that's actually, you know, good representation. And obviously like it wasn't perfect. Like TLC still obviously played the Shannon Thompson family as being like dumb hick rednecks or whatever. But yeah, at least at the end of the day, like they were wholesome. They loved one another. They were accepting of one another. And, but there's always something that, like, ruins it. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, there's something that ruins it. You can't hold them up as this, like, this perfect uh, – they were never perfect, but at least this, like, wholesome, good family because here it is. Like, there's this thing that just ke- – you can't can't overcome child molestation. No. No, not at all. And associating with a molester. So June and Pumpkin denied the reports. Um so I don't know if you know all of the the details of everything that goes into this because it goes kind of deep. It does. I remember, I remember uh, like doing a deep dive whenever it whenever it first happened because I was I was really upset. I was, you know, really invested in the show, really invested in the family, and I was, you know, obviously very upset. I did a deep dive then, um, and like it. It goes just, it goes beyond this guy that she mm-hmm. was dating. It's like kind of a history, if I'm yes. not. Yes, it's like a whole deep, dark family secret. Yeah. So basically, the man who June was seen dating was a person that she had dated previously in her life. Yeah. Um, he was someone that Pumpkin believed to be her father for many, many years. It's still unknown if that man or another man or potentially... Jessica's father is also Pumpkin's father. It's kind of still up in the air. Oh, really? Um, But that kind of explains why Pumpkin and June were both like, nope, he's not a child molester, or nope, like, I wasn't seen with him. Like, you know, they kind of have that association with him. So it was was Um, Pumpkin? Because I thought it was Anna. So, no, it was Pumpkin's father. Okay. Pumpkin thought that that guy was her father. Right. But Anna was the victim. And the oh. the person, the victim and the reason that he ended up going to prison was because June's mother, Anna's grandma, actually was a person who Anna told and she reported him. That's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Anna was the victim. Pumpkin is potentially that man's daughter. June was dating him. He went to prison after June's mom reported him. Anna actually stopped living with June. Anna was actually mostly raised by June's mom. Right. And Anna hadn't been living with her when the Here Comes Honey Boo Boo show started. Yeah. Uh, basically they made a deal that Anna would come and live with them for a year so that they could all like be filmed together as a family and then Anna was supposed to be allowed to move out on her own. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew that she had, now that you're like, refreshing my memory I knew that she had she hadn't originally been living with them but I didn't know mm-hmm. that they had like made a deal I thought that I and I know that there was like obviously for very good reason some tension between her and June mm-hmm. so that's everything that kind of goes into it and I'll try to touch on it a bit more when I do the where are they now at the end um it's going to be a little bit unconventional because I'm going to go off of my notes that I took for when I did um this my episode with Troy McKeady on the Smush Room because we covered Mama June and Sugar Bear but um I have a lot of details on everything that went down after that because of all the research that I did for oh, that okay Um, But basically, after the show was canceled, there was an entire season's worth of episode, which could reportedly fill six whole months of schedule um, that were just left unaired. Um, And then eventually they were aired, well, four of them were aired as a two-hour special called The Lost Episodes, which aired in April of 2017. 
Yes, I do remember. I do remember that. Did you watch that one? Because I that was like way after my interest had kind of waned. So I was that wasn't even on my radar. I know I tried to because like randomly a couple of months back, I was like, I need a Honey Boo Boo fix. <laughs> I, I run out of you know my normal trash TV to watch, and mm-hmm. uh, I saw that they had like the lost episodes because that was like all I could find that you could watch because. Uh, before you gave me the info on, on where I could find some of them, I was like, there's nowhere to watch these. Uh, but I, but you had to have like a subscription or something like that. So I didn't watch them. Yeah. I, know. I was like, oh, is it on Hulu? And I was like, oh, live TV, like, please. No. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I'm not going to pay you more for more commercials. Seriously. Yeah. So you did watch the lost episodes? I didn't. No. Oh, no, you didn't. Okay. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't even, yeah, I wasn't even aware of them. Um, but maybe I will go back and see. It's just interesting that, like, what, if you're going to release four of them, why not release the entire season? Like, obviously, you're more, like, the moral scruples aren't that big of a deal. Yeah, I, I to me, there has to be something in those that they specifically did not want to release. Because, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. If the whole reason that you're not airing them is because of this whole scandal, why are you still airing some of them? I mean, it's also because TLC doesn't really have that big of, like, a moral compass. No. <laughs> they they s- canceled the Duggars, and then they immediately gave the Duggars, like, their a, own, new their, a new TV show. That allegedly, Josh has nothing to do with, but he's still part of the family. He's still making money, you know, off of just being in the family. So. Yeah. All right, so the episode we are talking about today um, is from season one. It's actually the season one finale, and I really want to talk about this just because I think it has a little bit of everything. Like, it's got all of the themes of season one kind of come to a nice conclusion in this episode. Yeah, for sure. Did you have any just, like, initial thoughts as you were watching it? Um, It just kind of reminded me how much I did love the show, you know, like, watching it again, and, like, you know, I just have to keep – I just – I, I feel like y'all need to know my background a little bit. Like I was that kid that was like running around barefoot and like me and my brother were always, were always outside like playing and, you know, so a lot of that brought a little bit of nostalgia to see like mm-hmm. the girls playing together and just having fun and just like being true, like kids, you know, uh, it's, it's really cool to see kids just being kids and not like always on their phone or something like that. Yeah, and, and yeah, if you grew up in the South, then it definitely has that sort of summertime nostalgia. It really does. It reminds me of, like, my summers, you know, with my brother, hanging out with my brother, and we would just, like, be outside. I mean, you know, there's so many pictures that my mom has of us, like, playing in mud, you know? So it brought mm-hmm. back a huge nostalgia and, like, kind of made me remember why I liked the show. But... But like I was saying before, it's definitely interesting to watch it with, you know, kind of new eyes, like you were saying about how they really do kind of take it, you know, you're conflicted about, is this taking it too far and like making fun of them, you know? Yeah, it's, I was, as I was writing my notes on this, I was like, I have to be careful because I don't want to be really horrible towards these people who are already being exploited just by being on the show. But at the same time, I do like to snark. And also, these people aren't that good of people, too. Like, the kids are, you know, all fine. But Mama June can't stay away from child molesters. And Sugar Bear is actually pretty abusive. So Yeah, no, my my perception for Mama June and Sugar Bear was completely, 
you know, just changed, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I did like them before and now you know about them and you're like, well, the... can we cuss on here? Yes. Okay. It's like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, it just like flew out of my brain. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. If you remember it, let me okay, know. Okay, I will. Okay, so instead of what I thought was kind of interesting because this is something that I would have thought would have been really useful for this episode because it's such a conclusion of the whole season since it is the season finale. This is season one, episode 10. It's called It Is What It Is. It can be found on Daily Motion if anyone wants to try and watch it. Um, but they have a coming up on instead of a previously on. So they just like preview the entire episode at the beginning instead of saying like previously this season we did this that and this. Yeah, there was they like, just like coming up on Honey Boo Boo. Here's the entire episode in 15 seconds so you don't actually have to watch it. Yeah, I hate it whenever shows do that. Yeah. It's really it's, uh, Sister Wives <laughs> does that. It's annoying. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting because most shows have a previously on. And then we get our little theme song, which is just like the family gathered outside taking a family portrait and Mama June farts. <laughs> and so, you know, really just setting the tone for what to expect for this kind of show. <laughs> yeah, it, there's a lot of body noises and... Uh, potty humor. Potty, yeah, exactly. Potty humor, for sure. And sweat and bugs. Animals. It's Georgia in the South. Like if you if you don't know what to expect, then this gives you a pretty good idea. Yeah, exactly, for sure. <laughs> um, so the Boo Boo family, as I am calling them, nice. are in Milledgeville today. They are at the boat landing to do a family portrait. Yeah, I have to say that watching that whole little session again was just like, oh my gosh, that is so relatable. Just being, especially in the Texas heat, you're just like, I have so many memories of my mom having us do these photo shoots and she would always do it in the summertime for some God awful (laughs) reason that I still don't understand to this day. And I was watching that and I was just cackling. So I was like, that was me as a child, like screaming and being like, why the hell are we doing this in the middle of summer? But yeah, you can just, you know, there are no filters in this show and they're just showing it how it is and yeah you can see that the truly photographer is like wow okay (laughs) one thing I do love again it's like kind of being exploitative but they like will do these little talking head interviews with just like the various like shopkeepers and vendors and people of the town that interact with the family and they always just look so fed up by the end of their interactions it's hilarious (laughs) they look yeah Um, they're 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 kind of in wonderment but yeah you're right by the end they're just like okay (laughs) yeah uh so they are all trying to take pictures and at one point the photographer suggests that they go climb down some rocks that are sort of by the water so they all have to pick their way down the rocks now anna is nine months pregnant in this scene (laughs) which was not something i had considered when i first watched it but i definitely was like on my mind as i was watching it now and i was like dear god please don't fall yeah anna's nine months pregnant and she's the one who's complaining the least Anna is such a trooper, honestly, in, like, every episode. She just, like, does what she needs to do, and she, like, because she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to, like, deal with her family. Yeah, you know, you can tell, like, I, th- I think Anna is the most uh, calm <laughs> of them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can tell she's just, like, what the fuck is happening. 
So June decides that she's not going to climb down the rocks, which is probably not a bad idea. Um, and so they try to get some pictures. Alana will, like, she just refuses to smile this entire time. Yeah, she just has this horrible, like, little grimace on her face for her smile. <laughs> she just, like, looks like the saddest little child you've ever seen. Yeah, and her cheeks are all, like, red, and you can see, like, they're sweating, like, because it's just, mm-hmm. it's so hot there. Um, and then also the photographer will try to pose Alana. She starts yelling. June starts yelling down from the top of the rock pile. It's all chaos. Beautiful. (laughs) Um, and then they take some more pictures this time walking down the path. Pumpkin and June start yelling at each other about how they're like holding hands with each other incorrectly. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like we never got to see what they were talking about, but they like scream at each other for a good a good while about holding hands correctly. (laughs) (laughs) And Tammy, the photographer even says like in her little interview, she's like, holding hands is probably the The hardest part. part. Yeah. Like what, what's going on there? What? I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so even though she's like a bad person, I do love mama June's like wit and just her sense of humor, especially like about herself. I have to agree with you. Like I'm so conflicted whenever I watch, the show because you're right there are so many times whenever she's actually hilarious Mm -hmm. and she's a likable person yeah so like in this moment she's kind of just and she'll talk to the camera like directly to the camera all the time like she's like michael scott or something yeah um which i love and so she's like you know what i just put a little bit of paint on the old barn dressed up for family photos it is what it is Yeah, it's moments like that where you just, like, you can't help but really like her, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I guess is how she's, like, bagged, like, five different men for her four children. Yeah, apparently. Aren't they, and I'm sorry, uh, do we not know, but uh, we think that they're, they all have different fathers, right? So Anna has one father. Pumpkin and um, Jessica Chubbs thought that they had different fathers growing up. So that's where Pumpkin thought that the person who molested Anna was her father and Chubbs thought that a different man was her father. But later on, it was revealed that maybe they have the same father. And then Sugar Bear is Alana's father. And then um, later on, like, June gets another boyfriend. Like, she has a boyfriend now. So, like, there's at least been five different significant men in her life. Yeah, yeah. She's, Yeah. Um, but Sugar Bear thinks that she looks nice and real pretty uh, for the the photos today, so that's sweet. <laughs> every and Sugar Bear's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say every every like you were saying like the Talking Head uh, interviews. Every one of his just they're so special in their own way (laughs) i know yeah i love when he says next where he's like i went casual i don't dress up unless it's for a funeral (laughs) oh yeah that had me that had me laughing So they take some more pictures. Um, At this point, we see that it's 101 degrees, or at least they tell us on screen that it's 101 degrees. Um, So they're still all fighting and they're miserable. Alana and June fight over a water bottle because June is literally taking a sip from it and Alana tries to like yank it out of her (laughs) hand. And she's like, let me finish. She's like, I thought you were done. (laughs) And then like just the way that they, 
you know, that, that there's a reason why they have subtitles on these on the show is because like you can't really understand what they're saying sometimes they have a very special way of saying and i can't remember what exactly june said right there but it was something like you knew you knew it wasn't i wasn't or something i don't i can't remember Mm -hmm. what it was but yeah it's like you could tell i wasn't yeah but she said it in like her very june way What's funny is that you're saying that, and now I am realizing it, but my mom is actually from South Georgia and North Florida, like this kind of area, and my mom speaks in kind of similar grammatical, like, constructions. Really? And so mentally, I'm kind of, like, translating it almost. So to me, it's not something that, like, it just makes sense. But now that you said that, I kind of, like, snapped out of it. And I realized, like, from an outsider's perspective, yeah, she does have a very kind of unique way of saying things. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's 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 very interesting it it makes sense but you're like wait what did you say (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm just I've just kind of grown up around that sort of yeah you're used to it sentence structure and grammar so I am used to it that's (laughs) funny uh so they they, at the end of the photo shoot we do see that they did get some pretty good family pictures so good for them like all was not lost (laughs) um and the photographer says that she is exhausted yeah I was exhausted watching that honestly (laughs) yeah it looked miserable um, there was another interview in one of the other episodes where it's like the girls are all at this spa and Mama June gets um, a facial, like Mama June and Alana get facials and then like the other girls get pedicures. And at one point June gets like a pedicure but is just painted over her sock because she has the forklift foot. So she can't, she doesn't expose her foot. Oh my Do you remember gosh. the forklift foot? I had forgotten about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> They do an interview with one of the ladies who works at the spa, and she is so deadpan the entire time. It is hilarious. And she's, she's like, today I learned about a forklift foot, which is when a forklift runs over your foot. <laughs> and then at the end, like, as they're all leaving, she's like, you know, having them here today was a good experience. Well, it was an experience. <laughs> oh, man. I, I need to go rewatch that. <laughs> Yeah, I just like watched everything that was available on Daily Motion, basically. So, oh man, and wasn't there like some some sort of moment with like Mama June's face or something like that? Like she had, I can't, I I can't remember. Like they were doing a facial and she had like whiskers or something. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure she had whiskers. And like I feel like Pumpkin like pointed that out. I could just be like making that up but I feel like I remember no, that. No that sounds yeah. right. <laughs> and again that just sounds like something that my mom would say not to I'm not, trying not to drag my mom but she's just like from the south this is just like you know sincere good old southern people. Oh yeah no my mom would absolutely do the same for sure. <laughs> she she told me that I had a mustache and I needed to do something about it. So <laughs> that was sweet of her. <laughs> So then back at the uh, the house after their photo shoot, um, Alana is packing for her next beauty pageant. She is going to be competing in the Beach Beauties in Brunswick, Brunswick, uh, mispronounce that. Um, it's that weekend. And so basically she just like puts on her little swimwear outfit that she has. It's pretty cute. It's like this little blue outfit and she's just like really feeling herself. She's like strutting around in her little like tankini. Yeah, it's really funny to see Alana turned that that pageant Alana on you know Mm -hmm. she's she's really good at it 
Yeah, it's kind of makes me sad because I know what her like situation is, her family situation is now, and it's not great. But I like she just like she really has like star power, like the it quality. She does. And I feel like if she had been really nurtured and supported and had a family that just had the resources to really like look after her and take care of her, mm-hmm. she could be doing so well in Hollywood. Yeah, because she she does have that personality that makes you kind of stop and watch, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, so like I was saying before, I never really watched Toddlers and Tiaras, and it was, and I hadn't watched Here Comes Honey Boo Boo in a really long time, and as someone who doesn't watch or really see any of like the the, the child beauty pageants, that was different. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very, almost... Um, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing, <laughs> but it was just a little, I don't know. For me personally, it's just a little odd to see, you know, like these children, you know, just especially considering this day and age, like dressed up in like these swimsuits and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I just had this like immediate reaction of just kind of cringe a little bit. You know what I mean? No, I think that's super natural. Like that's the entire reason I think that toddlers and TRs became such a phenomenon is because people were like watching it through like their fingers, like wanting to look away at the train wreck, but not being able to, because it is just so unnatural seeming to watch these children act like this. Um, And that, yeah, that was like a huge controversy that happened while toddlers and TR was that toddlers and TRs was airing. Um, So I think that's like a totally valid reaction to have, but it is definitely interesting to go back and like, look at it now. Um, especially it was I when I did cover toddlers and tiaras a few months ago I had a guest who had been in child beauty pageants so that was super super fascinating to be able to like hear like her side of things and just the background and the gossip and the details on everything that goes on like being in that sort of like environment as a child wow I'm totally gonna go listen to that episode now because like my interest is is peaked because yeah it it exactly like what you said like almost looking through your fingers like watching it because it was just so uncomfortable at at points like there's points where um and I'm sure you'll you'll get to it but you can really just tell she's having the best time up there and Mm -hmm. you know you love to see that but then there's just moments where you actually have like you, you know you think about it separately and think about what a pageant is and it's just very uncomfortable yeah, I think of all the ways to be involved in pageants for all of this family and their flaws. I think that the way that they involve Alana in pageants is actually probably one of the healthiest ways to go. Yeah, and they seem to, you know, it, it, clearly she likes it and she wants to be a part mm-hmm. of it. It's not like they're forcing her to do this. And from what I could see, it's they make it a, a family thing. You know, it's like a family event for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she goes, like, she does the natural pageants as well as, like, the glitzy pageants. So she's also just going up there at one point in the season. She does a pageant where her, like, outfit is literally just, like, a t-shirt and jeans. And she just has her, like, hair curled. And she doesn't have the wig on. She doesn't have, like, the flipper in. Okay. Um, the fake teeth is the flipper. I don't know if you know that if you're not into the toddlers and tiaras world. I did not know um, But, that. yeah, they literally have these kids wearing, like, fake teeth that make their teeth look, like, unnaturally white and straight, and it's scary looking. I, you know, I think I remember that. I, I knew that from the John JonBenet Ramsey case. 
Oh. <laughs> Going back to my that's true your crime. connection to the pageant world. No, I'm I'm so into true crime too. So like that's we can connect on that level as well. <laughs> yeah, all I could think of while I was watching that was the John Benet Ramsey case, you know, and and that's part of why I was I was uncomfortable. I mean, I think that that's it's interesting that those are really two of the only touchstones that America has in terms of child beauty pageants is John Benet Ramsey, and then like 15 years later, toddlers and tiaras. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just like it's kind of inextricably linked in the American consciousness. It really so is. I think for whatever whatever reason, child beauty pageants are always gonna be creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, it's a child acting like an adult, dressing like mm-hmm. an adult. Looking like an adult, yeah. yeah. Um, but Alana is like I don't know, she still is so youthful and fun and like childlike about it and she's just having fun with her little like blue bikini and she loves it she says that blue's her favorite color and she's gonna look like a blueberry and she's like really happy about yeah, it yeah like I, I definitely didn't get I feel like you know there are those times where you can sense that the kid the child doesn't really like it and it's it, you know it has a lot more to do with the mom or whoever kind of being like this mm-hmm. is what we're gonna do you know and you could just tell Alana loves it. She, yeah, she talks about, she looks like a a blueberry and she's just strutting her stuff in that, in her little swimsuit. And like, you know, you can just tell she's so happy and she's up on stage and she's like acting like herself, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the next scene, we get a little voiceover from Anna. She says that she's having a contraction, so they need to head over to the hospital um, and June says that Anna is 39 weeks in two days. Uh, the baby might come today, and if it does, they're not going to be able to go to the pageant that weekend. Yeah, and I really, you know, while, while whenever it shows Anna, you can just tell she is so over the cameras, and yes. <laughs> I just felt really bad for her. Because you can... She's over the camera. She's over her mother. Yeah. She's like, get out. She's basically like, get out of my face. You know, like, I am having contractions. I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Also, all of the little, like, Alana talking heads that are sprinkled in through this scene are all gold. <laughs> They're just so good. <laughs> so there's one one quick one that I want to say. So she's like, Anna went to the hospital because her belly hurt. Caitlin was knocking at the door to get <laughs> out. <laughs> And like you just know that this is that's her. That's her talking. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So yeah, they take Anna to the hospital, and we see some footage that I guess June is filming. Also, I'm really confused in this moment if they're in the hospital or not because Anna has like a regular bed, bed frame. Yeah. yeah, I noticed that too. I I don't know if that was just like uh, maybe like they were at a midwife versus a hospital yeah a birthing center center or something yeah because she's in the bed frame bed but then later on when they bring the baby in and they're all like cuddling and stuff they're in a regular hospital yeah it might just be Um, like kind of a country hospital I, i but i almost wonder i almost wonder if the scenes where they're cuddling the baby were filmed later in, like, a real hospital where they could, like, get permission to film and, like, they weren't allowed to film in, like, the McIntyre, Georgia hospital. Because oh. that's why we have the little film, like, the, the scene from June's perspective where she's just like, does it hurt? Would you recommend anyone else getting pregnant at 17? <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. But, yeah, I think you're – that makes sense, actually, because, yeah, it was clearly, like, 
filmed from like her phone or something whenever she was talking mm-hmm. to Anna. Yes, or I wonder if maybe they were having like issues and she had to get transferred to a bigger hospital, but they never bring anything up. It seems like the labor was really easy, so it's just a mystery. Yeah, yeah. She says like three pushes and and Caitlin was out. So yeah, who knows? Um. So we also get <laughs> a couple of talking heads outside outside of the hospital, like by the road. <laughs> With just, like, cars rushing by in the background. I Again, like, TLC, like, didn't give a fuck. They clearly had the ability to do talking heads in, like, a real set. Because they have some where they're, like, in chairs and right. stuff. Like, in a set. Yeah. But then they have others where it's just, like, Alana is sitting on the ground next to the train Literally. tracks. Or they're standing outside, like, by the cars, like, by the highway. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm not the only one that thought that was kind of weird. Because I, I, I noticed that. I was like, why aren't they just on the side of the road? Like, what is, what, what's happening? But again, another one of Alana's, like, golden talking head moments. Because she, like, she has her hands over her face. And then she, like, pushes her face through her hands. Like, she's coming out of a vagina. And she says, baby Caitlin's coming! <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> she really she's looked like, only like, her... like six. She's so smart. That's okay. That was another thing I, I was noticing is she is very articulate for her age. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my younger sister was not, couldn't, uh, I'm sorry if she's listening, <laughs> but she <laughs> couldn't like really have conversations like that whenever she was that age, you know, like Alana's mm-hmm. very, very, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what other words to use besides articulate. Like, she can carry yeah, a conversation. Like she, she really can. Like, they talk to each other like they're adults, yeah. almost. Which maybe isn't healthy, but, like, they do have a unique relationship to one another. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so she, she has that clever little moment where she's, like, pushing herself out of a <laughs> vagina. <laughs> um and then, yeah, three hours later, June and Sugar Bear are showing the cameras baby Caitlin. She's inside the nursery. Yeah, Anna pushed, like, three times, and she popped right out. Yeah. And Sugar Bear got to cut the umbilical cord. Yeah, that was really cute. And you can tell, like, he's all, like, choked up and stuff whenever they ask him, like, how, you know, how it makes him yes. feel. And he's like, oh, it reminded me of whenever Alana was born. And, you know, he says it in his, like, little Sugar Bear way. <laughs> He's like, tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, and then you have to remember that this is, like, a man who later on was, like, alleged to be physically abusive and apparently, like, punched Pumpkin in the eye at one point. It makes me really sad because, you know, what's portrayed, who he he is, who he's portrayed as in the show is so, like, you know, he really is a sugar bear. Like, he's just a, mm-hmm. you know, a big old teddy bear. And he's a sugar bear because he's so sweet, you know? And then, like, you hear this shit and you're like, well, fuck. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's depressing to think about everything that came out later about the whole family. Yeah, it really is. Um, so a little bit later, Anna is holding Caitlin in her new hospital room that looks like a real hospital yeah. room. <laughs> on set somewhere in Hollywood. <laughs> 
Um, and it's really sweet. She's like obviously very smitten because she's just kind of like curled up and her and Caitlin are having this little like mother-daughter, like new mom, baby firstborn moment. Um, but then June and like the rest of them are all just kind of being themselves and not really giving her any time to just really appreciate the baby. Yeah, and she just like doesn't even respond whenever they ask her questions. Like she's just looking at her little baby. <laughs> she's just like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then, now we get the reveal. Um, June says that every baby's born with a little something special. And we hear a little talking head from Jessica's. And she's like, yeah, when I first heard Mama, I didn't believe her. So I was like, okay, I want to see him. <laughs> and it's revealed that baby Caitlin was born with two thumbs on her right hand. Yeah. And I thought that was really cute how they handled that. Like, like what, you know. It was. Yeah, what June said, it, it's just. Every baby is born with something special. This just makes her, you know, this is just what makes her special. And I was like, oh. Like, they immediately just accept it. They're fine with it. Again, another just excellent talking head from Alana in this moment. She says, I wish I had an extra finger. Then I could grab more cheese balls. (laughs) She is just amazing. (laughs) I love her so much. It's so good. Same. Right? I know. I I really wanted to get cheese balls at the store today. That sounds really good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they just like immediately they're just talking about the thumb as if it's not a big deal. And they're like, there's no like embarrassment or like hush hush. Like don't bring it up. It's just like Jessica gives her a high six. Yeah. And Sugar Bear says it reminds him of a Swiss army (laughs) knife. And it's just like Yeah, it's just like what what June said. It is what it is. It's just, you know, Caitlin. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Alana's not there because she is apparently can't be back there for security reasons, which seems like... Doesn't make any sense. I I would say, like, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, maybe for, like, germ reasons, but... Yeah. What's the the six-year-old going to do that's going to, like, do something to the security? Right, and I love how almost simultaneously at the same time that that's happening and they're, like, for security reasons, and I immediately am thinking, okay, so germ, it goes to Jessica and Alana at the house getting ready for baby Caitlin and she's just sneezing all over her clothes. I know, I know. Yeah. So after they have the little scene, I guess someone takes Jessica home so that she can babysit Alana. Who knows where she's been this time. Um, yeah, so they decide that they're going to get the house ready for Caitlin. So Alana first, she draws a little welcome home sign on the driveway and sidewalk chalk. Which was so cute. I know. And then they're going to make the room nice for Caitlyn. Um, so I guess it's at least Jessica, Alana, and Caitlyn all staying in one room together. I'm assuming Anna has to be in there too because it makes no sense for Anna not to be in the room with her own baby, right? Yeah, I think if I, if, if I remember correctly, I don't know. I feel like it was a weird room situation. Like Pumpkin and Anna were together in one room or something I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but I do remember the room situation whenever I was watching it, like, originally, like, years ago, was weird. Yeah, so they're getting ready for Caitlin. They put up little letters that they made um, that spell out her name. They sneeze all over her clothes, because that's what you should do when a baby's coming home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then Jessica says that uh, she's excited for Caitlin to come home, but she's not ready for all the screaming in her bedroom, so she just might sleep on the couch for the next two yeah. years. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Then my favorite 
scene, my favorite talking head, my favorite moment of the episode happens. Because um, basically Alana's asking Jessica how big Caitlin is. And she's like, oh, she's like six pounds and 19 inches long. And then we get her talking head, Alana's, where she's like, baby Caitlin is so tiny. I poop bigger. <laughs> it's just so good. It's just She just has so much energy as she delivers all of these lines. So much energy. And like I was saying before, it's just her. Like, you can tell, like, no one's feeding her these lines. She is just saying the shit, and it is amazing. It's hilarious. (laughs) Um, And so then Jessica and uh, Alana basically just get into a pillow fight. It freaks out their cat, and then they uh, torture their poor cat. Oh, yeah. That scene pissed me off. I was like, leave the goddamn cat alone. I know. Anytime an animal is being, like, annoyed on reality TV, I'm like, nope, stop, stop it. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Like, clearly, because, like, that, the cat was scared. Stop, you know, throwing stuff at, at the cat. It. <laughs> yeah, just leave it alone. It'll stop swatting at you when you just leave exactly. it alone. Justice for their cat. Seriously, though. <laughs> that That's the only thing that upset me during that whole episode. I was, like, genuinely upset. I was like... <laughs> Leave the poor cat alone. Uh, yeah, basically. Everything else I can forgive. Yeah. Um, so then also that's established that because they had baby Caitlin this year, or this weekend, Alana won't be able to go to the pageant that she was planning to. But Alana's kind of okay with it. She's sad, but, you know, she understands you have to take care of family first. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, again, they just handled that really well. You know, they're saying – there's more pageants, but family comes first. You know, this is a once in a lifetime experience of, you know, our first grandchild, Anna's first first child, and, you know, mm-hmm. the pageant is not the most important thing. Yeah. So then they are on their way home with baby Caitlin, and Alana is so excited. She's like, I'm about to piss all over myself. <laughs> Which, yeah, is like, again, something that's very, it's just, too mature for a six-year-old to be saying yeah a little bit for sure gosh i can't i, can't I mean they definitely they don't treat her like a six-year-old. i was gonna say it makes me forget that she's six like you know they don't talk to her like she's six at all Mm-hmm. i mean maybe she's a little bit older in this season or but like she this... has moments where you you know you can see that i i i've you can see where she is a child, you know? And, like, sometimes whenever she's talking or whenever she wrote the welcome sign and I was, like, surprised that she didn't spell all of it right. And I had to remind myself, yeah, this is, like, a baby, basically. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, at, the, at one point when she's talking to her mom after Caitlin comes home, she points out, like, her belly button and she's like, oh, is that the umbilical cord? And I was like, did I know what an umbilical cord when I was, like, was when I was six? Yeah, I don't... Like, was I, I able to pronounce that correctly? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like what you're saying. I don't know if it's a if it's a good thing that they talk to her, you know. You know, they don't really talk down to her at all. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is awesome. I really like that they talk to her like she's a person with her own feelings and thoughts and, and yeah. decisions. But then at the same time, you know, the, the result is this child who does not seem at all like... a a child but she clearly is you know she can still have those moments where she's just a kid just having fun yeah yeah it's it's I'm not sure how to feel about it but I guess I like it because it does result in this very witty hilarious articulate child that makes great television yeah I think I I kind of prefer that versus you know 
bitch. Ta a boring normal kid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> duh. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, I prefer, I think I personally prefer, like, talking to your kid like they are, you know, they're a person that can process, you know, feelings and thoughts and, and have mm -hmm. these feelings and thoughts. And I, I, I did like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so Caitlin comes home. Alana is smitten. Like, she's really sweet because she's so excited. But then, like, when it comes time to actually, like, hold Caitlin, she takes it very seriously. She's very calm about it. Um, she asks, you know, questions to June when she's um, changing Caitlin. She asks Anna questions about, like, why are you holding the bottle like that when you're feeding her? And she's just, like, she's very committed to, like, being a good aunt to this baby. It's sweet. Yeah, she's she's paying attention. She's not treating it like it's not important. It, it's clearly very important for her. Mm -hmm. And Sugar Bear's really happy. Like, she says, like, oh, look at Sugar Bear over there smiling. What you smiling for? <laughs> And it's cute. I just want it to be cute. And I don't want to think about, like, the reality of these people. I know. It makes me really sad. Because, like, even that moment with Sugar Bear, you're like, oh, look at him. And then you're like, damn it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And Alana just says that Caitlin's just one more in the family to love. Oh. So then the next scene, June comes and tells Alana that she found her a pageant. Um, it's in two days. and But she can compete it. They're going to get ready for it. And... Her uncle Lee is back in town and he's going to help her practice. Yes, Uncle Poodle. So, <laughs> Uncle Lee, yes, is her gay uncle. It's Sugar Bear's youngest brother and she calls him Uncle Poodle. Um, and it's later revealed that she refers to him as Uncle Poodle because Alana calls all gay people poodles. <laughs> so. Which it's like, is this problematic or not? I know. Okay, so I will. I, I don't think it is personally. I am bisexual. I don't think that that's problematic. I have friends who are gay, and I don't think at all they would be offended by that. My, you know, but it. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, you know, you want to, you want to be, you don't want anyone to feel. What's the word I'm looking for? Dehumanized. Thank you. That exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like, obviously, it's meant with nothing but love. Yeah. But it's also, like, not something that you should say about people is like, oh, you're a poodle because no. you're gay. No, it's something that, you <laughs> but, know, yeah. maybe once you get to know a person and, you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah, I, clearly they don't mean any harm whenever they say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's... um. It's just so funny. That's, and then later on, uh, who is it? Jessica, yeah, Jessica. also, or is it Jessica or Pumpkin? Yeah, who's like, I don't know of any other gay dogs, maybe Shih Tzus or Koala Bears. <laughs> and the way she says it too is just, oh, it's so good. Like she was genuinely trying to think of like, well, what are the other She's breeds of gay dogs? <laughs> oh man. Um, so Uncle Poodle is going to, I guess they've just decided that since he's gay, he is sassy and is equipped to like choreograph her pageant routine. So they're going to, they're going to have Uncle Poodle, um, teach her her routine. Yeah. I think they even say like, maybe he'll give her some sass or something like, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so Uncle Poodle comes over to teach her new routine and, um, <laughs> Alana has an iconic talking head again, just like. This episode was so good for her talking heads. It really was. Because I feel like this is just something that 
has made her, I don't know, like a queer icon, um, where she says, ain't nothing wrong with being a little gay. Everybody's a little gay. <laughs> I loved that so much. And it was just like, uh, it was just amazing to hear that from like a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously this family. It's just like, it's such a stigma busting, both of like, you know, LGBTQ relations in the South and the people, the types of people that are accepting of queer people. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't usually see like an out proud, like redneck family who's also like, we don't care. Like we love our uncle poodle. Everyone's a little bit gay. Um, actually later on, both June and pumpkin, um, came out as bisexual as well. So there's just a lot going into that. Yeah. I just, uh, you actually just blew my mind a little bit there because I did not know that about June. I did know that about Pumpkin, and I was watching the little clip of Pumpkin talking to her mom about it um, right before we started recording, and I thought that, you know, it it kind of, once again, did not surprise me at all, because I was like, maybe that's one of the reasons why I love Pumpkin so much. I was like, I just, you know, I just love her. Yeah, pumpkin is bi culture for sure. I'm also bi, so sorry, I didn't I didn't say that to you, but I've said that on the podcast. Oh, okay, before. yeah, like in yeah, I, I don't know. You just I just love her. Yeah, so it's sweet. Their little reaction to Uncle Poodle is sweet, and I feel like he's probably like maybe this is a little bit ridiculous, but you know what? They're my family, and I love them. <laughs> what is? I wanted to write it down. Of he says something about you know. I don't know how Sugar Bear handles all of these women. He just, like, lists off what they're doing. I needed to write it down. Yes. Oh, yes. I have it written down. He says, um, redneck ain't the word for this damn family. They're dysfunctional rednecks. One's got bugs. One of them farts all the time. One's playing in the mud. And one's digging in her butt all the time. I don't know how Sugar Bear does it, dealing with all that testosterone, uh, estrogen running around. Oh my god, that whole thing was just amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I love that um, Alana's like, are you going to teach me? Because I know you've done some drag shows. Yeah, and he's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, um, I've never done drag. I've been to drag shows. Yeah. <laughs> so they go outside to practice their routine, and Alana makes him do it first. And so he's like, okay, well, watch me. He's like, all right, you're going to step here. You're going to step there. And she's just laughing. Yeah, not watching at all. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, hold your arms out, like the, how they make the kids. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this, if you're not familiar with toddlers and tiaras, but like the kids for some reason always like position their arms out. No, I have seen that and I don't understand that, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. Why. And then he, he does it. He finally like holds his little <laughs> arms out. <laughs> and then he tries to teach her how to do a cartwheel for a while. And, you know, uh, Alana was definitely me right in that moment trying to do a cartwheel. <laughs> I love uh, Lee. I love Poodle in that moment where he's just like, I got boots on and I can yeah. do it. He's he was very, very sweet. I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. And then June and Pumpkin come outside and all of the practice sort of goes to hell. Um, Alana throws some grass at them and then Lee throws grass at Pumpkin and then Alana screams grass fight and then it's on. They have a grass fight. Yeah, and he's all concerned that they're going to get grass on his polo shirt <laughs> on his like light blue shirt 
And then also, I love his, he has some great talking heads too, because he's, he is quite sassy. He's very sassy. Um, and he says, me, being the rebellious <laughs> uncle I am, filled Pumpkin's ass with grass. Literally, so. He just takes like a huge wad and just chases her down and stuffs it in there. <laughs> stuffs it down the back yeah. of her pants. <laughs> Um, and again, he says uh, another good talking head where he says, Alana was thinking that she won because she's a princess, but I'm the one who actually won the fight. And I really wanted him to say, because I'm the queen, yeah. but he didn't. <laughs> it would have been so good. I really thought he was going to say that, honestly. It would have been yeah. perfect. Lee, you can hire us to write your lines We're for you. We're here for you. <laughs> So the day of the pageant comes and team Honey Boo Boo is ready to go. They are all like loading up the car, getting ready to go. Um, and Jessica says she's excited about going and she hopes Alana wins big, but she's like, but it's not going to happen because you have to practice, which she hasn't done. <laughs> and doesn't she like look at the camera and she's like, she hasn't done it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then she steps in dog poop and they all make fun of her. Yeah. Jessica steps in dog poop. <laughs> yep. And I like so they get to, oh go ahead. I, I mean it's just like a stupid thing like she stepped in dog poop and I I don't know I'm I'm someone that likes to laugh and I laugh at everything and the fact that they you know turn that into a joke I was like that's something I would do you know just like laughing at something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like unpretentious about it like June's not about to get mad that she's going to track dog shit into her car. No. <laughs> I mean at this point she's probably very very used to it <laughs> there's probably more dog shit in the car than outside the car at this probably. point but yeah it's like sweet like their reaction to it it's all just like a light-hearted funny yeah. thing yeah. um so they get to the pageant uh june says that they've been working hard over the past few months they've got a new dress for alana new music a new routine they've got her a new flipper um so they're really gonna try and like go for a big title in this one so she gets her makeup done. She gets laced up into her dress. Jessica has another great interview here where she says that Alana's not the average pageant girl. Most girls are like twigs. <laughs> Alana's like a log or a boulder. <laughs> Once again, you know, there's just something special about Jessica's face whenever she talks that just gets me. Yeah, she, she has really good talking heads too. And then this is, uh, it's like, I think my favorite exchange, like my favorite dialogue that happens in the episode. So Lana's just sitting there, like her hair is all done up and she's just like waiting for her dress to get like tied up. And she's like, mama, I think I'm a little chunky today. (laughs) June says, well, you've got to stay away, stay away from those chicken nuggets. I told you. And Lana just like mutters so quietly. She's like, well, I can't. (laughs) That was so fucking beautiful (laughs) i have never felt something so deep in my soul before and not only that but that i think was like the most sincere alana has ever been like in the entire season she was just like deep in her heart she's like i can't can't. stay away from the chicken yeah it's like one of the few few times you see her be serious and she's very serious (laughs) oh it's so good Oh, it was good. Um, so Alana's ready to go do this thing. She's about to go up on stage, and June gives her a little pep talk, a little pep talk, and then even Sugar Bear gives her a little pep talk. And he's like being a cute pageant dad. He's like, you know, go slow so it looks confident. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. 
once again, like going back to what I was saying about like, it's like a whole family thing, which maybe that's a little bit more normal. But what I have seen, which is very, very limited, is it just seems to be normally like the mom and the daughter, you know, and Mm -hmm. they had, you know, the entire family involved with that, which I thought was really cool. Like, even baby Caitlin is there. It's probably one of her first outings into the world is, like, to go and support Alana at her pageant. Yeah, exactly. So Alana does her little beauty walk, and we see her work the stage. And like you said, she just goes into her pageant mode where she's, like, so happy to be there. She's so energetic. She's giving so much energy. And, like, she's working her face. She's working it for the judges. Yeah, and, like, like I was saying um, before... Sorry, my computer just did something weird. Can you hear me? That's fine. Yep, I can hear you. Yeah, like I was saying before, you know, you really can see how much she loves it. And she was just going for it. And she had, you know, attitude up there. She looked really good. You know, you could just tell she was was really just enjoying herself, which I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. And so then the next little category is going to be outfit of choice, which means they can wear anything. So they're going to use her swimwear that they were going to use for her beach beauties pageant. Um, And again, she says, my swimwear makes me look like a giant blueberry and I love it. (laughs) I thought that was really cute. It was so cute. And then she uh, she talks to Caitlin and she's like, Caitlin, next time you're going to be up there with me. It was like so cute. She gives her mom, like, a belly bump, which I guess is, like, a thing that they do. And I, I don't know. I love that they, like, just embrace their bellies. Like, they have no shame about it. And I think that's really sweet and important for a child to not grow up with that kind of, like, fat phobia and just, like, that, you know, suffocating sort of, like, you always have to look a certain way. Like, they just accept the way that they look and they love each other no matter what. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things that I truly loved most about watching that show is, you know, they – you don't hear, you know, Mama June talking about how ugly she is or something, you know, not that she is, but like feeling that. And like, that's something that I kind of grew up around is you have to look this way and you know, it's you're you, you can't be over this weight and like all that kind of stuff. And they don't do that at all. And I loved that. I mm-hmm. truly loved that. Yeah. They're, there's a little bit of weight loss talk throughout the season where they have like a family competition, but it's not like a competition. It's just like they're going to support one another and they all sort of just fall off of it by the end. But there's like, they're all fine with it. They're just like, that's okay. We just want another cheese ball. Like it's no big deal. Yeah. They don't make it this like, exactly like what you're saying. They don't make it this like competition thing, this like really super serious thing that is you know, can, can really affect, especially young girls, you know, and especially at the age that all of them are and Mm -hmm. they make it like this light fun thing. Yeah. Now there's something to be said for just like the general lack of nutrition in their lives, but it's also like they have, it's a family of six, right? Four kids, two adults. Am I doing the math right? Uh (laughs) On, then a baby Caitlin, um, on one income, Mama June doesn't work. Sugar Bear works seven days a week, like busting his ass to provide for the family. Mama June feeds the entire family by doing extreme couponing. But that doesn't leave a lot of room for like healthy, nutritious food and lots of time and energy to like plan and cook meals that have like all of these complete nutrition. So they're obviously just having to live off of what they can get and what they can afford. Yeah. Um, 
for sure. I remember a lot of episodes where you see them quote unquote cook. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely, uh, yeah, definitely not a whole lot of nutrition in their, in their diet for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's but like, also, it's a complex exactly, issue. Exactly. Cause I can also understand that. Cause I have 100% been there before where I can't afford a lot and you know I'm I'm eating off of ramen cups for lunch at work you know stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's it's hard yeah if they have $80 to feed their entire family for a week are they going to buy you know 10 boxes of hamburger helper that they can stretch over the course of like weeks and weeks or are they going to have to buy like are they going to spend you know 20 of that $80 on fresh produce probably exactly. not yeah unfortunately that is the reality of the situation for a lot of people yeah, but overall, like, just I do appreciate that they are very um, unself-conscious about who they are, the way they look, and they're just happy to be themselves in the bodies that yeah, they have. Exactly. Um, also, so in this moment, after Alana gives her mom a little belly bump, she like, has this little like moment to camera where she says, "I have chicken nugget power." <laughs> She's so cute. <laughs> And she does have chicken nugget power, and that's the way she, why she is. Exactly. <laughs> she can't stay away from those chicken nuggets. <laughs> I can't. I well, can't. I can't. <laughs> uh, Uncle Poodle says that he's enjoying himself. Um, he's been to two or three of Alana's pageants, but so far this one is the best. And he says that if he could, he'd be up there in a dress, just a casual evening gown. Yeah. And he said it like... You know, he he was so sure. He was he knew exactly what he was gonna wear. <laughs> yes, he's like just an evening gown, just a casual evening gown. <laughs> he would look amazing. Uh, he should do. Drag. He should. <laughs> Maybe he has at this point. <laughs> so Alana does her little swimwear routine, which I guess is the one that she practiced with Uncle Poodle. Um, at the end, he says that he thought he was hoping that she'd throw her cartwheel in there, but she didn't do it. But Sugar Bear thinks that the judges liked her. So they hope that she'll take home a title. Yes. So Alana goes back on stage for the crowning. Um, and they, like, do the suspense. Like, oh, the the queen of the age division is. And it's not her. Um, but she does go on to win the People's Choice Award. So that's great. She was, like, the audience favorite. Mm-hmm. Who, can, who can blame the audience? No, not at all. She's amazing. <laughs> Um, what I thought was kind of funny was later on, Alana says, I won People's Choice and second runner-up. But they obviously don't show her winning second runner-up right here because they want to, like, have the suspense of wondering if she's going to win queen. Right. So they just, like, cut out that whole part where she wins second runner-up. So I just thought that was kind of tricky little editing that I caught. Yeah, okay, so I was confused about that as well because I was like, wait, did she just misspeak there? Or did she actually win both? So I think they definitely just cut it out because they show the person winning first Mm runner-up. They're like, first runner-up is contestant number 10, and the queen is, and they make it seem like it might be Alana. Like, I think they do a cut to commercial and come back in, like, the actual episode. And then, like, she doesn't win. And so then June gets to be like, well, we're kind of disappointed she didn't win queen of her age division, but there's still a chance that she'll win people's choice, and then that's what she goes on to win. So I think that just so that – for the narrative of like building suspense they didn't want to say like alana wins second right up. exactly um so she she wins the two awards and then while she's still on stage 
the announcer actually announces that they have a special surprise for Alana. Okay, how would you feel if you were like any other child on stage and you'd be like, who is this bitch? <laughs> kind of though. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> clearly there are, you know, obviously cameras there filming her and stuff. But yeah, I would have felt totally upstage, especially if like I had just won Queen. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, and Alana has a special surprise. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who is Alana? Oh, you mean my second right. runner-up? <laughs> the people's choice. <laughs> <laughs> so Sugar Bear and Uncle Poodle bl- bring out Glitzy the pig. So Glitzy was Alana's pet pig who had lived with her for a few episodes at the beginning of the season, but they ultimately had to give back to the breeder because turns out pigs are a lot of work. <laughs> who would have thunk? And so Alana's very happy to see Glitzy and play with her, but I kind of hate that they did this to her because they're just like, oh, it's Glitzy. You can like love on and her, she, but you can't. Yeah, exactly. Back. And then she has to go home. And like, you know, for any kid, that's hard. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like at this point, how long has it been since she's even thought of Glitzy? Like, if Glitzy's been out of the house for three weeks, to a six year old, it's like she never existed. Right. I did, I did catch her mentioning. Uh, whenever they were putting up the words for Caitlyn, um, she mm-hmm. she was like, me and Glitzy picked out these. Aww. And I was like, aw. Because I, I completely forgot about Glitzy until she mentioned her. Yeah. So poor Alana. She just like gets to hold the pig a little bit. And June says that the breeder said that Alana can visit Glitzy anytime she wants. But... Glitzy has to stay with the breeder because they can't have her at home. Yeah, uh, don't get a pig. <laughs> Unless you have, you know, don't get a pig if you live in, like, a, a house and that's all you <laughs> Yeah, a PSA to the world, tea, a teacup pig is not a thing. No, they're gonna get big. Pigs, pigs grow. grow. Pigs get very big. They're, they're, you know, they're precious and adorable whenever they're little and soft and pink and then they get huge <clears throat> it was a very cute pig. it was like and she she seemed like so chill too i was like oh my god i love that pig other than all the squealing yeah, well yeah <laughs> and she was just like sitting so they in their leave... lap it was really cute yeah so they leave the pageant with glitzy just squealing up a storm behind them <laughs> Um, and so, so it kind of just ends with June saying that Alana, like whatever Alana wants to do in the pageant world is fine. If she wants to keep competing in pageants, they will. Uh, if she doesn't, they'll move on to the next adventure as a family. Um, and Alana calls herself the ultimate grand supreme of her family, which is kind of it sweet. It is very sweet. And again, I like how they treat, you know, the pageants whenever it comes to, whenever it comes to her, like it's her decision. Mm-hmm. Um, So that kind of wraps it up. It just ends with everyone back at home talking about like what a crazy summer it was. And they sort of just like recap what they did that summer, um, showing some scenes from throughout the season. They went to the Redneck Games. They got glitzy. They went to pageants. um, But they all agree that baby Caitlin being born was the best part of the summer for them. Yeah, it was really cute. Yeah, so it just ends, like, the last little bit is, I guess, Mama June getting up from where she was sitting on the train tracks doing her talking head interview, and she takes her folding chair that she had brought out with her, and she's like, it is what it is, and just, like, walks away. I love that so much. It's just, you know, they're they're authentic, if nothing else. They are very true to themselves. And I have to say, I kind of 
loved the sneezing moment just because I have a very special sneeze that makes people stop in their tracks whenever I sneeze. And I related to that, you know, just like the same thing happens to me. I sneeze like 500 times in a row. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we kind of skipped over that, but that was a thing where it's like Mama June always sneezes and like fits and there were a bunch of talking heads where she was like mid-sentence and then she goes into a sneezing fit and they don't edit it out. They just leave it in. (laughs) Well, again, they're very, very true to themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. So now I always like to do the where are they now. Um, And so this is going to get dark because after Here Comes Honey Boo Boo ended, things did not uh, did not stay in a very happy place for this family. Um, So I'll try to keep it kind of light. But um, basically what happened was um, Sugar Bear and June split in 2014. She apparently found him talking to other women and was like finding dating profiles and stuff. So that's when she reunited with her ex-boyfriend, Mark McDaniel, who was the person who um, was a child molester. Mm -hmm. Um, This obviously causes a feud between June and Anna, as well as June's mom, because June's mom has always supported Anna in this. Um, Also, in 2014, Anna begins to accuse June of stealing from her and Caitlin, Um, She was supposed to have a trust fund with hundreds of thousands of dollars basically from appearing on Here Comes Honey Boo Boo and she found out that she only had $13,000 left. Mm -hmm. Um, So Anna ends up getting married to a man named Mike Cardwell. Uh, They moved to Alabama. She ends up having another daughter with him and then a few years ago they got divorced and she moved back to Georgia. But right now she's just kind of doing her thing being a mom um she sells young living oils and avon apparently she's just like involved in mlm so kind of just like the basic trajectory for a georgia girl teen mom sort of thing kind of like everybody i go to high school i went to high school with (laughs) (laughs) basically mlm included Uh, yep so that's kind of what anna's been up to um after the whole situation happened with Mark McDaniel, Pumpkin, who again believed this man to be her father, accused Uncle Poodle of selling fake stories to the media about it. So there was a whole big falling out between like their family and no, Poodle. No, not Uncle Poodle. Mm-hmm. Ugh, you're really bumming me out. I know, it's not great. Um, Also, after the show was canceled, Vivid Entertainment offered a deal for Mama June and Sugar Bear to make a a sex tape for $1 million, but she refused. Good. Good job. Eh, Maybe. (laughs) Who's who's to say? True. You do you. Um, (laughs) Boo-boo. So in 2015, uh, Sugar Bear and June went on Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars. I've actually watched a few episodes of their season. Shit is wild. What? It is nuts. What is marriage um, boot camp? Oh my god! It is like just the trashiest of oh TV. Oh my god! I need to. I need this in my life. It's 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 what it sounds like. It's various, usually like celebrity couples, okay. um, and then this one I guess was reality star specific. Go to this like couples retreat slash therapy. That instead of it being therapy, it's just like really horrible. Like I think. I don't watch it, so I'm only familiar with a few episodes I saw that had June and Sugar right. Bear in it. But I think what they do is they, like, decorate the rooms that they stay in with objects that 
like will cause conflict like if someone was cheating they'll put like all of the text <gasps> messages from like they're cheating like up around the room oh, or things like that God. it's just like really trashy wow okay <laughs> oh my goodness um, so they went on uh, real like marriage boot camp, I guess, to try and mend fences after Sugar Bear had been caught cheating. Um, but on the show, he actually revealed that he had cheated with both men and women. Oh, I did not know that. But this may have been a publicity stunt, so it's kind of like up in okay. the air. Wow. Um, so I know. <clears throat> so it's like Pumpkin and June have both come out as bi, and then Sugar Bear has also publicly admitted to cheating with both men and women so he might be bi as well so there's a lot going on with this whole there's family there's a lot going on wow um also in 2015 alana released a single uh called moving up and it's horrible but if you want to listen to it you can check that out like a song <laughs> like she's saying okay yes. okay how did i yep. not know this um uh and it was done with adam barda which he's like known for his own like reality tv show craziness um so oh my goodness there, there's a lot there too there's so much to unpack here <laughs> so and this is okay now we got to get to 2016 <laughs> 2016 wasn't as crazy uh basically pumpkin just got engaged at the age of 16 to her boyfriend slash future baby daddy josh they ended up getting married and she had a baby the next year um so she seems to be doing okay uh, 2017 is when it really all starts to fall apart. Okay. So, in 2017, there was a television show that aired called Mama June from Not to Hot. Have you heard of this? Unfortunately, <clears throat> I have. Because, once again, like a couple, like I was saying before, a couple of months ago or whatever, or maybe even, like, a year ago, because I keep forgetting we're in 2020, um, mm-hmm. I was like oh, I should check on Honey Boo Boo and see if I can watch that somewhere. And then I saw that there was a new show, the Mama June hot or not to hot or whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And so I was excited and I started watching it and uh, it was not great. So I watched the entire season. Oh my goodness. You are stronger than I am. (laughs) It was interesting. I will say... It's almost worth watching the whole season just because this is really where, like, their whole family starts to fall apart. And it's kind of fascinating to see all of that happen on camera. Yeah, like, I I just couldn't get past the clearly very scripted moments. Oh, yeah. It's a super scripted. Also, her manager slash the executive producer of the show, Gina Rodriguez is really manipulative and exploitative and gross. And I think she just really wants to get famous. So she's using like whoever she can in order to. Oh, I see. I did not. I, I, I didn't, I barely made it through one episode. So (laughs) you got, you got to go back and watch it. (laughs) I might, I might do it Um, after this. (laughs) At the very least, you should watch the reunion special because that is where June pumpkin and Alana all get together and accuse of sugar bear of being violent, of not being a good dad. And he like explodes and has like a physical, like not altercation with like the people, but he gets like physical. Really? Like on, and so on the show? On camera. On camera. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Um, and so they accuse him of being abusive. They said that he was physically abusive to Pumpkin. Um, Alana says that like he doesn't care about her and like he never tried to call her or like connect with her after they got divorced. Um, and then Sugar Bear accuses June of keeping Alana away from him. So it's like a whole a whole lot that happened. Um, I don't know if all of that happens in the reunion special, but this was like right around the time when this was kind of like coming out like back and forth in the media. Wow. Okay. Um, I have no idea. And so then also in that year, uh, June begins to date Gino Doke, who is her current boyfriend, who is the person who is like ruining her life. Is that, what? what's his name again? Gino And that's Doke. the one that's on the show, right? Is he on the show? I don't know. I watched, whatever I watched had, I'm sorry, can you hear that? Okay, good. Uh, no. It's my computer going off, and I didn't. I didn't know if you could hear the notification or not. Um, <laughs> no, okay, I can't good. hear it. Yeah, whatever episode I watched had a, her boyfriend in it, and he was okay. a force to be reckoned with for sure. I think that that might be Gino okay. then. So yeah, he's definitely bad news. Um, so she started dating him in 2017. Um, and then as of last year, 2019, June and Gino have been on, like, just on the lam, basically. Um, Alana is no longer living with June. Alana is living with Pumpkin. Pumpkin has, like, full legal guardianship over her. Pum- Pumpkin is, like, 20 years old at this point, Oh, my too. God. That's, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Um, and so June and Jean have been... June and Gino have been arrested for um, domestic violence. They've been arrested for felony drug, drug charges. They found, like, a crack pipe and crack cocaine, like, on their person. They've been in the news um, for trashing hotel rooms. Oh, my God. And, yeah, so it's, like, they're, it's, we're, we're going into, like, a really, really dark spiral for Mama June. Wow. Okay, and this is all after the show? The, the... Yep, this is all, like, back in 2019. This was when all of this was wow. happening. Wow. Okay. I'm sad. <laughs> yep. And that's that's oh, where that. it is. Uh, basically, no one really knows what's going on with Jessica because the family at one point moved away from McIntyre, Georgia to Hampton, Georgia. Um, but Jessica was like three months away from graduating high school. So she just stayed behind. So she's kind of just been doing her own thing. Um, Anna's been doing her own thing. It's kind of separated from the family ever since June invited her like abuser back into her life um and now pumpkin and alana are just trying to like take care of one another because they don't have june in their lives anymore wow well damn i I did not i knew some of what you had said but i did not know the very last part yeah it's it's really dark and it's really sad because i think at this point alana is like 14 like, she's really young, and she's going into, a, like, a really just hard time to be, you know, it's, like, hard to be 14 yeah. in the world. Yeah. And she just doesn't have that strong family that it seemed like she really had when she was growing up. Like, that whole, like, family support system has kind of crumbled. Right. So, I just worry about her. I really hope that Pumpkin, like, you know, Pumpkin always seemed like she had a good head on her shoulders. So, I hope that, like, Pumpkin is really taking care of her and just watching out for her. But again, like, I don't want to put all that on a 20-year-old. So it's it's sad. Yeah, that's, oh, man, that's really rough. And I didn't even know she was living with Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I hope that, I really hope, because you're right, Pumpkin, and they seem to have, like, a really good relationship. So I hope that Pumpkin yeah. is, is there for her, which clearly she is. But that's, oh, man, that's so much to put on someone's shoulders, too. 
so pumpkin pumpkin did have um a daughter herself so pumpkin's a mom so she's kind of at least in that taking care of another person mindset but she still is so young so it is sad that she has to take care of her sister as well yeah and it's so crazy to think of that it's almost like almost like seeing one of your high school friends have a have a kid you know like I because I have not really been up to date on anything that's happening with them so to hear that pumpkin has a kid I'm like what (laughs) yeah do we know. know anything about uh Jessica there's she's really not in the media a lot like I don't really know what's going on with her she kind of just keeps a low profile so pumpkin and Alana are really the only ones that you hear of from the kids these days it's either like Mama June in the news for like cocaine possession or something or like pumpkin and Alana like on Instagram live together occasionally okay wow that is wow I know. It's so so on that, <laughs> I'm not very sad now. <laughs> um, the last question that I always ask about each show is: Does it hold up in this in today's world? And like, is it worth going back for a rewatch? Right. So I know that it's been a, a bit of time since you had been in the world of the Honey Boo Boos. What do you think? Kind of going back and seeing. I think that for me personally, I would go back and rewatch it just because it has a certain amount of nostalgia attached to it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think it's important to still, I I don't think it's a bad thing that it's hard to get a hold of, you know, uh, these episodes. Uh, You know, they took them out off of the, the market, for lack of a better term, for a reason. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I I would say yes because of the nostalgia, but at the same time, it's kind of tainted. You know, the show is kind yeah. of tainted because, like, you can't help but think about all of these things as you're watching the show. But it is it is Definitely. it is sweet to see the fa- the family dynamic that they portray on the show for sure. Yeah, I think I mean, there's still something to be said about. It was good for there to be this type of family in the media at this time. Like, I think it was good that there was this, like, kind of busting of stereotypes and stigmas, just, I guess, especially about how Southern folks treat LGBTQ Mm -hmm. folks. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's hard. I mean, going back and watching it, to me, like I said, it does seem more... It, to me, it does seem like it's more exploitative than I realized. Um, but it is wholesome and it's fun. And I think that if you did watch it back in the day, it's worth going back just to kind of refresh your mind on what it was. Like, it's it's worth a watch, I think. I think so, too. Like, yeah, especially, like you, like you said, I do love how they handle all of that. And it is very refreshing to see, like, this Georgia family accepting their you know, their, their gay uncle and like not, not making it a big thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up then, unless you have any other thoughts or feelings on, on this show, on this family, on anything else that we've talked about. I think that's, I think that's it. Yeah. That was, that was really fun. It was really fun to like revisit that show and kind of remind me of where I was in my life whenever I first watched it and you know all of that it was it was cool 
Yeah, that's why I love doing this is because it really does like put me back in that mindset of like, where was I, you know, eight, nine, 10, 12 years yeah. ago when these things were airing. Yeah, it's, it's cool, but it's weird at the same time. Like I was with someone yeah. else and like, you know, that was our thing that we would watch. So it was a little weird, like going to watch it again. I was like, oh, this is kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this with me. I had a great time talking yeah, to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, would you like to give like your plugs? Oh, my plugs. Sure. Um, so you can follow my, you can listen to my podcast, pardon my snark on pretty much any place where you normally listen to podcasts. Uh, you can also follow my Instagram, pardon my snark podcast. And I'm also on Twitter at pardon my snark underscore. And I do a lot of snarking on one person in particular. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, if you've heard me listen or if you've heard me talk about Caroline Calloway before on this podcast, then I definitely suggest checking out Shay's podcast. If you are into the snarky world, it's it's a lot. Yeah. And we try to make it fun. (laughs) It's frustrating sometimes, but we try to make it fun. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you can follow this podcast on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. And you can email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. As always, if you like this podcast, please give it a five-star rating and review. Um, subscribe. Tell your friends about it. And again, Shay, thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Okay, wonderful. We'll have a All great right, night. you too. Okay, bye. bye.